0: Hey, hey, beer fans! Welcome to Experimental Brewing with Denny and Drew. I'm Denny Kahn.
1: And I'm Drew Beacham. Together, we're the authors of Experimental Homebrewing, Bad Science in the Pursuit of Great Beer, and Simple Homebrewing, available at all your finest retailers. Now, between the two of us, we have nearly 50 years of homebrewing experience. I'm the guy known for weird beer and strange ideas.
0: And I'm the guy who's known for questioning the conventional wisdom and checking it out.
1: And on today's episode, Boy, is it a strange idea.
0: Boy, is it ever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so today we're actually going on a strange odyssey of what happens when two friends decide they want to honor their friend Devon Stewart, who unexpectedly passed away at a fairly young age. As homebrewers, that naturally meant brewing beers, because, yeah. Uh, But what happens when they email really the mad Willy Wonka of Belgium is a story that will take this entire episode so this is going to be fun sit back grab a couple of phantoms and let's have some fun here
0: yeah this is uh the ultimate homebrew fantasy let me tell you but of course we do
1: also have to cover some things before we get into everything else uh first off go check your feed uh we're finally caught up on all of our episodes so there's been a bunch of episodes finally appearing in the in the feed And the last one would have been a Brew Files all about how to make a hot sauce at home. Fermented hot sauce. I sat down with Brian Trout of San Fuego, uh, which, by the way, is a hell of a lot harder to say than it sounds like. Uh, (laughs) All about how to make hot sauce at home and why you'd want to do it. It's about 75 minutes all about chili peppers. So go listen to that.
0: Sounds like a hot show. Absolutely. And we also want to remind you that Hop and Brew School is coming up real soon at Yakima Chief Hops in Yakima. Who would have thought? Uh, It's happening August 29th through September 1st. There will be seminars. There will be visits to hop farms. There will be visits to processing facilities. Basically, it's all you wanted to know about hops and stuff you didn't even know you wanted to know until you went there and learned it. If you want to get more information or sign up, go to hopandbrewschool.com and hope to see you there.
1: And don't forget, you can support the podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can click the AHA or BYO links on the website. And by going to Patreon and pledging a buck or two or more to our charitable cause, which for this part of the year
0: is... It's the National Disaster Search Dog Foundation. These wonderful people uh, rescue dogs from shelters and train them to go out and do searches for humans uh, during disasters. You know, uh, like when a building collapses, something like that. I, it just doesn't get any better than that, does it? So send us a few bucks by going to experimentalbrew.com, click on the Patreon link, and we will pass your money along to them. We've been uh, generally able to uh, donate well over $1,000 to each of our charities uh, twice a year. So let's hope we can do it again.
1: Yep, and now onto to the show.
0: This episode of the Experimental Brewing Podcast is brought to you by you, our listeners. Go to ExperimentalBrew.com to help support us. Click on the Patreon link to donate whatever amount you like to the podcast and our charities. Click on the Brew Your Own Magazine link to subscribe to BYO. Or click on the AHA link to join the American Homebrewers Association. Part of the proceeds from those will go to help support the podcast. And thanks for your support. Experience a -a one-of-a-kind hop and beer education event. Yakima Chief Hop's 20th Annual Hop and Brew School will be held August 29th through September 1st in Yakima, Washington. Come celebrate the excitement of Yakima Valley's hop harvest. Hop and Brew School is a highly interactive educational event surrounding every brewer's favorite ingredient, hops, Attendees can expect farm and facility tours, presentations from industry leaders, professional panel discussions, and advanced sensory experiences. Registration is open and tickets are limited. Visit hopandbrewschool.com slash yakima to reserve your spot today. I'll be there and I hope you will too. This episode is brought to you by the American Homebrewers Association. Summer is the perfect time to embark on a homebrewing adventure. Join the American Homebrewers Association for one year and receive a free brewing book of your choice to fuel your experience. Discover the pleasure of enjoying your own cold, crisp beer on a sunny day. Plus get a free book to spark your beery inspiration. So join the American Homebrewers Association and start tapping into the joys of brewing. Head to homebrewersassociation.org slash experimental for offer details. That's homebrewersassociation.org slash experimental. Belgian Yeast from Y Yeast's Culture Collection pioneered the way for brewers to create unique beers during the craft beer revolution and grow their popularity to what it is today. Our Summer Legacy Curation highlights four of these strains that have been top specialty yeasts for nearly 40 years. Always available in our activator system that proofs your yeast and shortens lag time are strains 3522 Belgian Ardennes and 3944 Belgian Whitbeer. These proven choices are well suited for many styles, including pales, blondes, doubles, Whitbeers, and Belgian style IPAs. And for a limited time, try our seasonal favorites, 3463 Forbidden Fruit and 3942 Belgian Wheat. No matter what balance of fruity esters and spicy phenolics you prefer, these strains will complement your summer brewing plans now through the end of September. Catch up on our latest blog posts and learn more about this release at yeastlab.com.
2: You know, I mean, and you know, obviously, this beer is the meow. Um, and Devin, like, I was actually not a big cat person. I was a dog guy growing up. But Devin had these um, these two cats that he would name. He named both of them after very strong beers. So one of his cats' name was Sammy Klaus, and the other was, was Corbinian. <laughs> um, and, I mean, hence, that's why this beer is the meow, because that was um, – Devin loved to say meow, like he was a musician. And, um, you know, if you see on a label, we talk about there being a feline philosopher. That was us drinking and hanging out with his cat, Corby. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's some of the inspiration there.
1: Well, remember cats make absolutely wonderful drinking buddies. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, they, they're always judging you anyway. So it doesn't matter if they're judging you because you're drinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, since you all are already talking, we've already introduced the idea of cats. Uh, why don't you tell everybody who you are?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So my name is Mark Gorfinkel, uh, a.k.a. King Gorf of the Brewery. And... Sitting with me here is uh, Andre the Dwarf, uh, A.K.A. Andy Blazitis. Andy. Oh, Bla- Andy Blaze now, right? Oh, sorry, I, I changed he changed my name.
1: I he, truncated my yeah,
2: name. Yeah, he shortened his name. <laughs> Andy Blaze.
1: <laughs> that's okay. Years ago, I, I truncated my name from Andrew to Drew. Okay. So, you yeah, see, I went the other way. I kept the I kept the first
3: part and added a Y.
1: <laughs> <laughs> see, it's, that's just the conservation of Andrews. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. Terrible so, joke.
2: Yeah, so I mean, basically, we've been homebrewing for a lot of years. I'd say going on 15 or so now. Mm -hmm. Um, And a little shout out to Denny. We did use his batch sparging method for many, many years. Um, So,
3: well, yeah, I I actually started brewing before that. I started brewing way back in the 20th century, ages and ages ago. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, uh, used the Papazian book. To, to get started <laughs> the joy of homebrewing as, as you probably remember, you know, that was, that was sort of the Bible back then when, when you wanted to, to get started up with you know, your glass, five gallon carboy and your plastic bucket, and, you know, it was, uh, it, it was quite the feat back then.
2: And actually, right. So, so it, it's kind of neat that we're back here in Westchester. This is the house that I grew up in after college. Um, Andy actually moved in here with me, and we lived with my my parents for for my mom for a little while. You know, your mom had just retired and moved down to to Florida. Yeah, so we had the house to ourselves, and we basically turned it into a, a brewery, um, brewing like ten gallon batches. But but anyway, like Andy had, you know, the rudimentary skills and foundation had done a couple batches in college, which at the time I was actually freaked out to to drink his beer. You I very skeptical. I was skeptical. But then I, in 2000, God, when was it? Maybe 2007. I took a trip out to Belgium, um, and I visited visited the Dole uh, Brewers, uh, West Flanders, and Cantillon, and we went with um, Renier uh, Demijon, who um, right now he runs an amazing bar in Bruges called Litra Piece, but at the time. He was our tour guide, and he took us around to these great breweries. We frolicked through hop fields. Um, we were at the Beer Temple, right? Yeah, he worked at the Beer Temple bottle shop back then. And, oh, I remember and, at the Beer
1: Temple, yeah.
2: Yeah, um, and, and Bruce. So, yeah, Ren- Renier ran that place. There's also um, a great restaurant that uh, his family operates called um, Cambrinus, and it was basically sitting in that Cambrinus shop where we we did a blind taste testing of west Fletteran, um rochefort and saint bernardus um and we had to see who could get it right and i was the only one that like blind could say which one was which and then renier goes to me he says king Gorf, you have one of the finest palates of anyone i've ever met how come you've never thought about homebrewing and then after that, I was like, "Well, you got a good point, Renier." He gave me "Beer Captured," which was like a clone brew book back mm-hmm. then. And
1: yeah, then when it's I got full of clone recipes,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then when I got back from Belgium, I I knew Andy had this foundation, and we linked up, and the brewery was formed. So we've been going, we've been going ever since. And um, you know, Devin, which is who we brewed this beer in memory of, uh, Devin was not one of the founders of the brewery. The brewery was founded here in Westchester, but after I got kicked out of my mom's house, I moved into Manhattan and, uh, and we started brewing there. Um, 2.0. Yeah. (laughs) Um, on the upper East side of Manhattan, we had this like great little courtyard space and we would, our motto is that we brew for the band. So we would, uh, brew beers. We we had like a smoke machine, an amp. Like we would throw these just rowdy, like fun, fun parties. And at that point, we linked up with Devin. We met Devin at a place called City Swiggers, which if you're ever on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, it's a great craft beer and bottle shop. That uh, I think Alan, the owner, got the inspiration from a place called BeerCraft back in the day. I don't know. It was in Brooklyn. Which was out in Brooklyn, yeah. And- it, it, it used to be hard to find craft beer. I don't
3: know if you remember those days. <laughs> well,
1: I, I remember the days when, like, what you had, Burp Castle and, like, yes. you know, Tiger yeah. Tiger, I think.
3: That's right, Blind Tiger. Blind yep. Tiger. Blind Tiger, I, yep. I mean,
1: the New York City home brewers, I think, still
2: meets at Burp Castle. There's also next door, there was Jimmy's number 43, Jimmy Carbone. Great guy, too. Um, it was very sad when that place closed down. But, Yeah so 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 we we made friends with with Devin at City Swiggers and you know Andy and I for a while we we really felt the brewery was just the two of us we wouldn't let somebody else in but um we Devin was a special guy um, and I'd say that Devin was really you know the brains and you know the spirit behind a lot of uh, the great stuff that we did
1: Wait. So if uh, he was the brains and the spirit, what did you bring?
2: Good point. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe he was the maybe he was the maybe he was the brains. I don't know. I, I, I bring the. I definitely bring the fun. Uh,
1: uh, so, well, yeah. Well, particularly given that, hey, you know, this all turns into a big adventure. But all right, we, we're we're getting uh, we're getting ahead of the story. So let's keep going. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: So. so um, I, I brought the cleanliness. That's
1: what I brought. Very yeah. important in a brewery. And,
2: and, and you also did, you know, although although now, you know, I'm doing it all by myself, but you did a lot more of the work back in the day. I I was in charge of the fun. The brawn? Yeah, the De- brawn and the cleanliness? De- 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 Devin and I w- w- would <laughs> That's hang The glamorous out. parts. <laughs> De- Devin and I would hang out and, like, listen to Frank Zappa and, like, other just trippy kinds of things and come up with um, with lots of crazy ideas. And then I, I go to Andy, Andy, Hey, we want to brew this beer, um, called Amarillo Brillo. What do you think? You know? And, uh, but anyway, that was, that that was a lot of the fun from it. But, but so, you know, we initiated evidence, the brewery and we, you know, we sort of hazed him in it. Uh, we, we made him smoke, um, whole leaf hops out of a can, (laughs) which, uh, which he said was was, was pretty terrible. And, and we made sure we gave him some, like, Chinook, some really, like, uh, high cohumulone stuff that would be extra harsh. But he made it through that, and then he was in. Uh-
1: <laughs> so, in other words, it was a real trying time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we had, we had very, very high standards. It was very, very
2: rigorous. So, um, so yeah, and, and, you know, unfortunately um, – You know, a few years back, um, Devin uh, left this world, and, you know, it's it's a very big loss to us, and when, uh, after he passed away, we really wanted to do, like, a series of beers that were dedicated to him, right? And obviously, the name of this phantom beer is, like, what the hell does it mean, right? It's, it's, It's a little bit random. There's definitely some inside jokes there. So I can go into that a little bit. So, you know, as I went into my persona in the brewery, I'm King Gorf. Andy Blazitus didn't sound Blazitus doesn't sound as fun as Gorf, so that's why he became Andre the Dwarf. Okay. <laughs> and, and and then and then Devin, um, since he was the brains, like I said, and he was a very credentialed individual, we called him Doctor Professor. Mayor, I'm sorry, Andy. You were going to say something? Oh it's no, it's fine. Okay. Um, so I was just going to say that we brewed a an I O U
3: series. So he used these uh, three words often. He said, "impressive," "obvious," and hmm "unusual." So there, there's the I O U, the impressive, the obvious, and the unusual.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, so, so so the funny thing is, like you, outside of us hanging out, right? Like Devin was on, like, international think tanks. He was this Asia expert, right? So there's all right. of, there's all of these scholarly dudes and smart fellows, right, that that know Devin that way. And, and, and you know, we joked with him with uh, calling him Dr. Professor Mayer, and then we'd bust his chops about overusing words like that. But even when Devin was alive, I we, we joked that, hey, we've got to brew, like, an impressive beer, an obvious beer, and an unusual beer, right? So it was actually something we even – talked about when he was still here Um, and right, like the impressive beer had to be something like a well-executed dry hop Pilsner, something like that. The obvious beer would be an IPA obviously. Right. And then the unusual beer needed to be something that was experimental and definitely had some funky yeast going on. So like I recently, I mean, I guess not recently, I guess two years ago, um I moved after the pandemic to Massachusetts, which I know um you spent a lot of time there when you were younger I know you mentioned that. Um and um brewery 4.0. Yeah. So so got our whole new setup going there.
3: The upper east side was brewery 2.0 and 3.0 because we revised it, got different equipment, got a cooling system, were able to ferment better.
2: Yeah. And we, and we batched with any stuff, but, but anyway, um, so Massachusetts, so, so the, you know, the, the, first beer, the first two beers of the series we brewed, right. With clean strains of yeast. So we did doctor for Dr. Professor Mayer's impressive. So that was the I beer, Dr. Impressive's ding dong, <laughs> which was a, a lager. It was, we called it an international lager ale, so it was like we, we use German ale yeast, mm-hmm. um, Pilsner malt. So, you know, it was like, what is it, the Y yeast uh, one, is that 107? Mm-hmm. Um, great, great, clean strain. You know, had, and we, 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 we actually would use that yeast often and say when we brewed with it, we made lager ales. So that's why this was an international lager ale. Um, and then the next beer we did in the series was Professor Obvious's Sabra's. That was a New England IPA where we used like a thialized, th- sorry, theolized yeast. Am I saying it right? Um, and Omega? yeah, the Omega Cosmic Punch, I think, was mm-hmm. the one that we used on that. Um, and we we mashed hops with Zaz hops. And we used Sabro, so hence, like, Professor Obvious's surprise Obviously,
1: I have to keep a, bit, a little bit of showmanship in all this, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, and here's the funny thing is, like, that name, the Surprise. like, one of the last times we hung out with Devin, we actually, you know, like, we were drinking, God, I think we were drinking a Sabro beer from Finback. And, you know, we're always just coming with crazy ideas. We were like... We are supposed to have a little coconut. Well, that's heaven. Right? The Sabro gave it that, yeah. but it was, you know, so it was just fun. Surprise. Surprise. Um, okay. But then, so then when it came to brewing the third beer, the truth is, right, like, I mean, we do, we, we do brew Saisons, right, in the brewery, but we, we don't really mess around with like, we, we haven't messed around with any like Brett or any like non just like Saccharomyces strains. Um, and I knew that this had to be something wild and funky. And I, and I just knew, we, you know, I couldn't do this alone. You right. Woke up in a cold sweat. Right. So, so, so I, I had a dream. Okay. And I just dreamt that I reached out to phantom, you know, explained that we wanted to brew this, this beer, um, for, um, for Devin. Um, and basically you sent an email out. Yeah. So I woke up at, I don't know, probably seven in the morning and I drafted an email that said unusual request. And I, I, I sent it to con well contact at phantom, which was, I guess Danny's email. He's <laughs> a one man operation. Yeah. I mean, Danny's a real home brewer. We can get in, and talk, talk a little bit more about that. Right. But, um, So, you know, I I told him the stuff about the IOU that we wanted to brew this beer. I I was already going to be in Europe at the end of September, and I asked him if we could do it. And then to my, like, utter, like, shock, surprise, and delight, you know, he wrote me back, like, a couple hours later, and he said, end of September works for me, Mark. We'll talk recipe soon. And then that's sort of where the adventure kicked off.
1: And just for the record, yeah, Danny is definitely a – one man's storm one, uh, one uh, one man, uh, one man sort of power source of, of magic, Willy Wonka of sorts. Mm Uh, and is the owner operator and brains and madman behind the little tiny, but very, very influential brewery, Fantome over there in Swa in Belgium. Uh, and yeah. And when I met Danny years and years and years ago, so it was back around 2001. Um, He he ran around the brewery like an absolute crazed loon, uh, dropping back shots of espresso all day, (laughs) and just running around, you know, racing around. We were making the the batch of the uh, it was the ette or no, it wasn't the ette. Sorry, it was the de ver for Belgium for that year. So, right. So it doesn't somehow doesn't was he
2: drinking any beers? Cause he's not, like, who, nope. this was a funny thing. Like the first time we we met him, right. He was basically saying, Oh, I don't really like drink beer. My neighbor tastes it. Yep. But then on our first meeting, which was at like uh, a Friedery, he's drinking um, like uh, a West mall triple. And I was like, Danny, I thought you don't really drink beer. He was like, no, no, this doesn't count. I guess that's like the one beer that's his like go to. <laughs>
1: yeah. No. And that's the craziest part. So if you, if you ever get a chance to explore Phantom's catalog, uh, dear listener, then you'll recognize that part of the reason why this is not such a crazy thing that Danny would be on board with this is that the man is an endless font of strange beer ideas and not strange beer ideas in the sense of, hey, I threw marshmallows and graham crackers in a beer. Uh, and so the fact that he doesn't actually drink a lot of beer is sort of utterly shocking. You know given given his prodigious output and pretty impressive talent at it yeah absolutely
2: well and, and you know I, I think that you know he's definitely known for his experimentation mm-hmm. and taking risks and you know not every phantom beer that you're going to have is is going to be the best beer in the world but I would say the best beer in the world that I've ever had was a phantom right so mm. he's willing to take these these sorts of risks and, and, and like in this recipe in particular, we hadn't even used this particular peppercorn, this Andaliman pepper, on a small scale. So like, like when I rolled up there with a pound and a half of it, Danny like looked at it and he sort of eyeballed it and he was like, "Yeah, no, I think this looks like the right amount." He did it. He did it up. What what I heard is he ended up only using two of the three bags, uh, which I think was good because I think the balance came out right. But you know, he, he's not doing things like in as modern or of a scientific way, it's definitely creative and more of a craftsmanship.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. He's, he's very much an artist. And so before we dig into the beer, I'm just going to, I'm going to give my impression of the brewery and then you can uh, give people yours because people have to understand for as much of an impact as phantom has had on sort of global beer culture. It is a tiny place. It is what? Three rooms. Uh, if that, and,
2: I, I, I mean, I think that like he's uh,
1: got his serving room, uh, his uh, brewing
3: room, and his office.
2: I mean, I wasn't joking, but by saying Danny is like a real home brewer, because yep. like he, you know, that's his place, and he just happens to have a 1,400 liter system built off the edge of his house, and he has, and he has a bar there too, right? So,
1: yeah. and if you if you slam the door in the cafe too hard, the double doors that face out onto the road swing open. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> One other thing that I learned too, but this was probably after you know, I don't know, our third or fourth, or maybe our fourth beer, um was the ceilings, the, are, the ceilings are a little bit low yep. uh, in, in Belgium, and I, I I completely, I totally smacked my head on the archway going out, and and Daddy started laughing a little bit. He was like, "Oh, the Hollanders do that all the time."
1: <laughs> well, because again, it's a, I mean, it is an old stone building. My other funny recollection of it was that you could walk around back in the brewery area, for instance, and you could see sunlight streaming up over the top of the walls below the roof because mm-hmm. the because the roof is really just sort of perched up there. <laughs> not, it's not, not perfectly sealed. <laughs> it, it is absolutely kind of a crazy place. And I do want to make sure that we tell people that if you haven't been paying attention to the phantom news recently, that Danny's actually sort of contemplating selling the place, uh, which, one, would kind of be sad, two, completely understandable given, you know, his age, uh, and three, God, I hope somebody good buys it. Yeah,
3: absolutely. absolutely. He said he had a, an offer from New Belgium quite a while back, and and he passed on it, and uh, now he wants to find someone uh, who, who's going to take it over for him yeah. and keep that same character. He's got a, definitely a unique house character there. Yep.
1: Well, yeah, I think I think he just needs to go full Willy Wonka and have, like, the the golden bottle cork or something. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's, he's got to find someone that just doesn't want to invest the money, but someone who actually wants to go there and like, take it on and carry the spirit along with it. So, um,
1: but yeah, again, Uh, suffice to say, Danny is a nut, absolute nut bar. And the fact that he would respond to an email like this and go, yeah, sure. Let's do this. is completely unsurprising to me. So, (laughs) Well, well, right, so you also have to remember
2: like English is not Danny's first language no. um right yeah so so his primary language is, is is French, and you know he he speaks English good enough if you're in person to you know to have a good time and communicate, but any of my emails with him right before heading out to Belgium for this where i I, I would write like at least a paragraph, two paragraphs, whatever. And he'd always reply back with like one or two sentences. Um, so I, I had never met him in person, right? So there was a little bit, uh, a, a little bit intimidated, right? Like not knowing what exactly to expect. I guess and, you sent that email back? He said, "Mark, again, what brewery are you from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so this is probably like, a, like I had already convinced Andy to come out with me to Belgium. I had my trip booked. Renier, who I told you about before, um right? Like he had arranged to take off a little bit of time of work and Bruce to hang out with us. So everything was like planned. I had mailed 25 pounds of hops. Like those, they're already in the mail going out there. 10 kilos of Lotus. <laughs> 10 kilos of <laughs> That's Lotus. That's what said in Europe. Uh, uh, and, and then, um, Danny sends me an email. He's like, Mark, remind me what brewery are you from? And I'm just like, holy, am I allowed to curse here? It was like, holy, you know, um, like I don't think he realizes that we're homebrewers. Because
3: <laughs> so, he was at Hill Farmstead was out there or something.
2: Yeah. So so so, so anyway, I, I had to remind him that we were homebrewers, right? And, and then like as it's getting closer to the to the trip, the hops are actually stuck with customs. It doesn't seem like they're gonna get there in time. And Danny sends me another note saying, um, "Mark, I'm sorry, things are very busy here at the brewery." Um, we're not going to be able to brew the day that you're coming.
3: Which turned so, out even better because we got to hang out and entertain and, him. Y- yeah, and, and drink his green beer and his piss So, so,
2: so, so basically, right? So, so, Renier uh, was kind enough. Uh, he he drove us out there, and actually, the night before, the day before, um, he's also friendly, friendly with uh, Abbey de Roque, fantastic brewery. Natalie and George, really great people there too. Um, and you know Renier drove us out out to um to Danny's place to, to uh, so, uh, it's I was saying soy, but you you drew your your pronunciation was better than mine um and Renier gets a call um basically, there were a whole bunch of out, of out of towners that needed to be at his bar. He had a bunch of business coming in, so Renier wasn't really sure he like dropped us off there and he's like, don't worry." you'll 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 figure out how to get back. And you know, it if you if, if you've been there,
1: it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. You know. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yeah, we cannot emphasize enough. It's in the middle of farmland. It's like nothing. Like, you know, I think what uh, La Roche-en-Ardennes like the the nearest big town and even that's kind of stretching it. Yeah, and you got Durbuy uh, on the other side as well. But yeah.
2: So so and we don't even know what to expect.
1: Yeah, well, well, no, the train station was was a
2: little bit of a drive, but but you know nothing walking distance, and so again, like we're sort of sweating a bit. We're like, all right, Rennie is about to drop us drop us off there. Danny said that he's not going to be able to brew with us today. What's going to happen? Like, is he like? Are we just going to be stuck there? Is Danny going to hang out? So we we really just didn't know, but you know, it, it ended up being just a delightful day. Um, we met Danny uh, first at uh, at a local friary where they make just you know great Belgian frites, serve like nice Trappist style beers, uh, but definitely a greasy hole in the wall sort of spot. <laughs> and, and you know, again, so well, Andy and my nerves are still going a little bit. And I forgot Danny's friend, but there was one of his friends there, and Renier also speaks French, but basically they're just speaking French. And, you know, I think I ordered a Rochefort Andy ordered some other good beer. But we're just like staring at these guys talking in French. I have no idea, you know. Uh, eating some meatballs with toothpicks. Yeah. <laughs> eating some meatballs and, and, and some fries. Um, but then, you know, we immediately warmed up with Danny. Um, I, I pulled out. Uh, a bag of the peppercorns that I wanted to use. <laughs> and and, and, so and, yeah, and, and look, I uh, got
1: peppercorns in my pocket. What do you want?
2: <laughs> but but you know, we got a couple beers in us. We 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 bonded pretty well, and, and then I had given him a present. So before
3: I think they were really just feeling out these weird Americans to make sure that
2: we're okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um. So, so I had, um, uh, I had been traveling in the Dolomites in Italy just before this trip. Um, and there is a town there. Hopefully, hopefully my, I'm pronouncing it right, called uh, uh, Orsay, and they make these little like they're famous for these little carved wooden figurines. And I bought something there. It was like um, and whistles. Yeah, whistles. It, it 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 was it was a little. It's like a uh,
3: nutcracker kind of caricature, and it had a stein of beer. You press the lever, and it uh, it drinks it to its
2: mouth. And uh, you called it Little Herbie. Yeah. So so so, so I so I had given him this little thing, right? It looks like a little nutcracker puppet. And you, if you press the little lever, it moves its mouth up and down, and it also drinks a beer, right? So, um, I gave it to, to Danny as a present. But it took you know a little bit later in the day. We started. To, we took it out and we were having conversations with it, with Danny and he just, he couldn't get enough of it. Like, I don't think he had bros like a, like us roll out there who were just <laughs> like as stupid as we were. Um, and yeah, you know, we were saying things like, um, Oh, do you like Phantoms green beer? You know? And, and stuff like that. And so, so the funny thing is, Danny ended up naming it after me. Um, my legal first name is Herbert, so we called it Little Herbie. <laughs> and he would keep us posted with like the progress of the fermentation and and you know, the like brew day and, and all media, that. Yeah, yeah. And he would just send us videos of Little Herbie talking about, you know, the, the progress. So it was you know, we, we, we just we had a blast. Definitely bonded with him, and you know we're we're in touch with him regularly. I mean, definitely uh, a little intimidated, but became very good friends quickly.
1: Doing absolutely nothing to dispel doing absolutely nothing to dispel the idea that Danny is actually just Willy Wonka. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, we we were
2: we were trying to you know learn what some of his secrets are, right? So we were we were talking to him about the yeast, right? And he's like Danny, like, what's the secret? And he says, there's no secret. I just use nowadays we just use three strains of dry yeast. And if you've if you've had phantom before, there's no way that beer is just three strains,
1: <laughs> three
2: three <laughs> packs of, of, of regular <laughs> dry yeast. Well, For, so if,
1: yeah. Well, I was gonna say, in particular, because there's always a strawberry note to a lot of phantom, which is very mm-hmm. much a Brett character. Yeah. Um, and which makes sense because, and I've described it before here on the podcast, but if you, the tanks that he uses are those kind of almost open fermentation tanks that have a top on them. Mm-hmm. And so I suspect there's always infiltration.
3: Well, 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 yes, there's a house character for sure. Well, it's a farmhouse. I mean, it's not like something that you have here in the States where people are hyper-concerned about sterilization and scrubbing everything down every time. I mean, also the regulation and the zoning. It's like, who can build this, like, like Mark was saying, this fourteen hundred yeah. liter system off the back of your house.
2: I mean, like, we tried to happening. do it at my mom's house when we were younger, but you know, de- <laughs> definitely, definitely wasn't zoned for that. I mean, in in Belgium, you can you can live mm-hmm. at your brewery, right? And, and, and so, so anyway, I, I was I was you know still trying to. Elon Musk is trying to do that, right?
3: Isn't he trying to have cots at Twitter or something well, or X? Yeah. Well, next now.
1: <laughs> well, all, all I remember is a number of my my favorite Belgian breweries, like a uh, brewery to be. Uh, started as in the garage. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Like where I'm standing right now in Belgium could be actually a brewery, but uh, that didn't fly over here.
2: Yeah. Um, Abbey Ab- 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 Rokes, which we visited the day before, um, you know, very beautiful property, but they live there. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're, uh, I, um Dole Brewers, we also went out to when we were there. Um, I think they probably live very close by um i don't know if, if they live right there but you know it's uh it's a lot of family operations you know and um danny danny's a one-man operation though but but so anyway i was i was i was poking to really find out that there's no way it's three strains of dry yeast right and then he he was like well when we first started out i got a strain from a friend that was a biology student but he said that um over time, the culture of it that he had was no longer viable. Yep. So if you have like a really vintage Phantome, that yeast could actually be a little bit different, at least per Danny, than what you're drinking today.
1: Well, I know that over the years, he was kind of sourcing yeast around from a lot of places and like going to like Rochefort and getting yeast at times and you know other things like that. So, yeah, he's never been super dedicated to a single yeast strain.
2: Well, and, and he were, Andy didn't want me to say this, but I think it's okay. Um, it, it is so, so kind of like towards the end of our visit, right? Danny took us around and showed us like the back of the brewery. And, you know, he was saying it was three strains of dry yeast, but he knocks on the archway that goes to the back of the brewery. And he jokingly says, we're asking, what's your secret? Yeah. We're like, what's your secret? And he no- he knocks the archway and he goes full
1: infection.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now we know what the secret is, huh?
1: The secret's madness.
0: It's always (laughs) madness. Yeah, the secret is madness and dirt. Uh, (laughs) Hey, we're going to take a quick break here for some more messages from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. The next generation of countertop home distillation systems is here. The all-new Airstill Pro from Still Spirits is a revolutionary still that will look right at home alongside your everyday kitchen appliances. This small-batch 2-in-1 distillation system operates in either pot still or reflex mode and allows you to craft high-quality light and dark spirits at home. No hoses, no complicated assembly, just plug and play. The AirStill Pro column cools itself with a built in high powered fan. The Still Spirits AirStill Pro is available now at your favorite homebrew retailer. Learn more about the AirStill Pro at stillspirits.com or check them out on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Getting accurate measurements of your beer is one of the keys to improving your brewing. Piece of equipment, you're supporting the people who support America. Brewing America hydrometers are available on Amazon or at www.brewingamerica.com. The ultimate all-in-one electric home brewing system is here. The new Grandfather G40. produce up to 11 gallons of beer and features all the latest advancements in homebrewing technology including wireless control so you can monitor your brew day from the grandfather app With an innovative new grain basket design that improves wort flow, reaching mash efficiencies of 75% or more is easy. The 3,300-watt heating element brings your wort to a boil quickly without any scorching, and the large hop plate filter guarantees that no unwanted grain matter or hop tube reaches your fermenter. Every G40 comes standard with a high-powered built-in pump that can handle temperatures over 200 degrees Fahrenheit and a full three-year warranty that guarantees that you will be able to keep on brewing no matter what. The new Grainfather G40 is available now at your favorite homebrew retailer or online at grandfather.com. When I'm done brewing, I want to be done brewing, not waiting around for my wort to cool. With the Hydra, the Corny Pillar, and the other great chillers from Jaded, I can be done when I'm done. No more waiting 20 minutes for the wort to cool enough to add whirlpool hops. No more messing with cleaning and sanitizing counterflow or plate chillers. With the super-fast immersion chillers from Jaded, you can chill your wort in minutes without all the hassle jaded chillers aren't just works of art they're the fastest most effective chillers you can buy check them out at jadedbrewing.com
1: Here, by the way, I heard in the background of you all talking something going pop, and I feel like I'm I'm trailing behind you on this. Oh, so, that was
2: yeah, that was the second bottle. Yeah. Oh wait, so, so uh, I mean, I guess we could we could talk about the beer a little bit. Do you want to take a
1: sip? Um, no, you you guys start talking about the beer. I'm gonna I'm gonna crack this bad boy open because. People have to remember that phantom uh, bottles are usually a two-step process unless you've got one of the highly carbonated ones, in which case it becomes a single-step process because there's a crown and a a cork in there.
2: Just a little bit of extra insurance, you know?
1: Yep. Yeah, although I I, I have had these fly out at me before just in cracking them open, so let's see where we're at.
3: It's it's interesting that you say that because when we got there, he had mentioned that uh, (laughs) he had just brewed a batch and some of the bottles had exploded on him and he just trans he just transitioned to these plastic kegs mm-hmm. which he thought uh, could could hold a little more pressure
2: well and he had, he had a couple that exploded so i think i think he went a little i mean this is still plenty carbonated but i think he was a little more conservative with the carbonation on on, on this batch after he had an exploding one recently
3: yeah there, there were a few bottles i got that were undercarbonated surprisingly
1: well I was gonna ask, is he still hand bottling with like friends and family?
2: I mean I mean I think he's hand bottling by himself. I don't think I don't think there's friends or family that are
1: helping well, his, him. His niece did show up at some point oh, yeah. when we were there. So. But 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 yeah. Oh there you go, we heard that. I don't know. Yeah, that's what part of the part part of the thing I love about the romance of corks is when they get that good sound. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember back in the day he used to have friends and family, maybe not so much help with the bottling, but help with the labeling. And mm-hmm. they would drink the beer while they were labeling, and all the all the bottles are hand labeled, which meant that you could tell where they were in the bottling day. Because as the day went on, the labels get a little more skewed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, um, so right. when, actually, like Danny let us design this label.
3: Um, so well, our friend, we should plug our friend. Yeah, Jason yeah. We, Korth here, you, you, we, who's a graphic.
2: Yeah, we designer. will. So, so yeah, our our friend Jason Corth, great guy. He did this uh, pro bono well, for us. Well, he's been
3: doing pro bono label work for us for
1: a lot of years. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I, I mean ba- basically it's we were a good we, decade. Like Jason's done a lot of work for us over the years where we come up with some crazy idea, you know, we'll scribble something really crappy on a pad or an MS pay and then we're like, "Here Jason, go take this and like make it look nice."
1: <laughs> so in other words, Jason's your uh, stable diffusion before stable diffusion existed.
2: <laughs> sounds about right
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right so i just cracked into this and it's so in- it, 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 it's interesting to me because the front of it smells like what i expect phantom right it's i mean like i mean it's it's hazy gold which is pretty normal for a phantom unless he's doing something really funny uh big tall white fluffy head that just hangs in there like nobody's business fine bubblage as they say in the industry and then meringue. the the Wait, aromas he, he calls it meringue, oh, yeah. of course, yes, oh there there's a great uh, Facebook group called Whip the meringue uh they would love this, um, but the nose right up front it's like all that wonderful sort of Belgian yeast character with a little bit of banana, a lot of cinnamon, a lot of allspice that that sort of spicy character to it, all oh, those phenols and esters coming through oh, yeah, yep, but then right in the like right when you get into the taste, the taste shifts suddenly, and it's this. Sort of big, long, dry, intense thing, with a lot of earthiness to it. Almost mm-hmm. a little bit of a, a flavor that reminds me of uh, whorehound, uh, whorehound candies. And boy, if you know that flavor, you're old. Um uh, no, I, no,
2: no, I, I don't know. Tell us about it.
3: Uh, uh, whore, whore. Brown hard candies. Okay. Almost like a root be- sarsaparilla uh, okay. kind of root yeah, yeah, beer y yeah. sort of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah only with a, a more medicinal edge to it that's a little more all enveloping, like a ginger.
2: Mm.
3: Almost like a, an olive or something.
2: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I mean, the beer is, you know, I mean, God, it was brewed back in December, so it was dry hopped. I think the hops are still sticking around a bit, but. But definitely oh. faded a little bit from where they were when it was when the it was June fresh. Care. But yeah, I, I sure. think more of the yeah the the yeasty
1: yeah. Well, there's still a very uh, long lingering hop character to it. Like after you after you get out of it, there is that sort of long dry leafy sort of hop thing happening. So the hops the hops are still there. They're just different.
3: Mm-hmm. You getting that that tingle on your tongue too from the andaleman peppercorns. Mm-hmm on the side of your tongue, it leaves almost like a, a dryness or a, no, I don't want to say metallic because that doesn't sound like a very appealing word. Mm-hmm. But,
1: uh, no, but it plays in with that, that like what my brain was saying as horehound whorehound at first.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Cause it does, it plays in with that, that sort of spicy character you'd get out of whorehound. And then, yeah, you get that. It, it's strange because you're, you, you're not wanting to say metallic and I understand why. There is a little bit of brassiness. Mm, there you go. Um, and then it almost feels like it just kind of coats the edges of your tongue for a little while, like mm-hmm. the, like the like the edges of your tongue just go a little numb. Exactly. Yes.
2: Yeah, so so um, I think you know, that's that's definitely coming from the peppercorn that that's in the beer. So I mean, the two.
1: <clears throat> well, you know what, this actually tells me that we did wrong. We had the beer and didn't tell people what <laughs> that we're having. So. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's
3: true. Well, we, we, I think we touched on the lotus tops and the anoleaum and
2: pepper. Well, 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 and well yeah. I, I mean, we, we 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 can we can get into a little bit more of that. So the, the name of the beer is Mayor Unusuals Meow, which was the third beer in the series for Devon, Ruth Phantom. Okay. And obviously, it's the unusual one, mm-hmm. right? Um. And right in, in, in putting this this beer together, we really wanted to try and put something together that was unusual and that was unique and hadn't been done before. So um, it's very common in other Fantome beers where Danny will experiment with different kinds of spices. Often he won't even say what the specialty ingredients he's adding to the beers are. We use peppercorn and uh,
3: coriander. And uh, star anise in our beer sometimes. Those are or-
2: bitter orange peel, sweet orange peel. Those are typical of, 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 of in like Belgian whipped beers and things like that. But but um but so so also uh, I had consulted with Devin's wife to just ask her, okay, we're making this unusual beer. Is there any kind of ingredient that you'd like to see in here? And I when Devin was a, a kid, he had some hermit crabs named Can and Pepper. So I was like, well, we're not going to throw canned pepper in there, but let's 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 consider pepper. Um, and I, I just went down a huge rabbit hole, right, on Google, Wikipedia, watching YouTube videos. And I ordered like 30 different kinds of peppercorn from all over the world. And, you knew there were that many? Yeah. And, and, it's, <laughs> and, 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 and I, I kind of treat it like hops where, right, if the hops don't smell good and right, you're not going to want to put them in your beer. So, after smelling 30 different kinds of peppercorn, we found these Andaliman pepper, which they're grown in Sumatra, Indonesia. They are a wild-grown peppercorn, so I guess they're they're foraged, um, and they are in the same family as Sichuan peppercorn, which um, so that's you're getting that numbing effect. That, that, that mm-hmm. numbing effect. Right. So it, it was definitely a little bit risky using something like, like this in the beer because, you know, you don't want to completely numb your tongue. But what I would say is in smelling these things, they were much more fragrant than a Sichuan pepper and they weren't quite as numbing. So
3: and, and you almost get like that uh, fruit loopy character that you would get from a coriander. E-
2: e- exactly. Sorry. I'd say if, if you smell these things raw. It's very similar in smell to coriander but whereas coriander is more like an orange fruit loop, this is more like a, a right. lemon lime
1: kefir lime leaf sort of flavor. Uh and see now yeah, once you mentioned the the fruit Looping, that kind of that overt fruit ester type thing, you know, where you get that little high fruit alcohol type tone. Mm-hmm. Now now, uh, now I see what that is cuz that's that's hiding in there with that yeast in this right. as a, as a character. Yeah.
2: And, 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 and I mean, I think the tricky thing is like whenever we brew beer with spices, right? You don't want to drink the beer and be like, "Oh, I taste that spice." You you want it all to to blend in. So I I think Danny definitely got the balance right. I brought him like a pound and a half, and he opted to use a pound. I think he. He got that right. And he also directed him to do a hop stand. Oh, yeah. Lotus
1: hops oh, oh. Because that wasn't something that he was <laughs> very familiar with. Yeah. I'm, trying, I'm trying to think. D- Danny doing a hop stand? What? <laughs> yep.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. So, 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 Andy, thanks for, for bringing that up. But, but, So, so, number one, right, we didn't want the peppercorns to get overly bitter, mm-hmm. right? So that was sort of one risk. I think probably most of his beers, Danny would just traditionally throw in the aroma additions just all the way to the end. Um the lotus hops that we used, which were also kind of we wanted to find the perfect hop to go in here. So we, we researched and we found these lotus hops that are really kind of like Devon, lots of international inspiration. Um De- Devon had big roots in Japan. And I, I guess most of Lotus's pedigree goes back to Japan, but then there's also some Native American like neo Mexican neo-Mexicanus hops in there as well as just I think there's some classic West coast sorts of hops, but it's supposed to be this orange creamsicle vanilla sort of hop, but they're very, very high in alpha acids. Um, and it's not,
1: yeah. Well, yeah. And if you go and you look at the actual spider graphs for, uh, logos hops, their specifications, yeah, it's all very fruity, orange, vanilla, berry, tropical fruits, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, um, that again plays into what we've got going on here, since we have such a strong fruit component. Yeah, and,
2: and but you know there was a risk just because you know you can use them as aroma additions, obviously, but they're super high in alpha acids, and a saison is not a beer that you want to get like overly bitter. So uh, I, I one of the things we talked about in person was I was like, Danny, can you can you add these and like cool the wort down to whatever the equivalent was and. Celsius 165 degrees Fahrenheit. The way we put it to him is steep it like a tea. Yeah. And and, and he looked at us. He's like, I don't know if I can do that with my equipment. And I was like, well, if you can't, you can't. But he then he was he was adamant. He was like, no, I want to do it. I want to make it work. And so I think this was the first beer that Danny has ever like hop standard like an American beer.
1: Look at that, making changes. Yeah. <laughs> um, By the way, I'm and- guessing since uh, since we've talked about the the hops and and these unusual peppercorns, uh, I mean, I'm guessing was the the malt bill then just kind of fairly normal or?
2: Oh, 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 it was it was basically his his regular saison. Well, well, this is what this is what Danny said said to me. He was like, "Mark, do you want a blonde beer, an amber beer, or a dark beer?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "Give us the blonde one," <laughs> you yep. know.
3: So so, you can teach an old dog new tricks like your 18 year old
1: (laughs) chihuahua. Hey, he's off somewhere, probably barking at the universe. Um, But no, that's actually very important is like for all this fascination that we have about beer styles here in the U.S. And like particularly like trying to, oh, that's a Belgian triple. That's a Belgian double. That's a strong ale. That's a a golden strong ale, dark ale. When you're actually in Belgium, a lot of times it's really just blonde, brune, Ombre or you know some you know, some other color, right? But it's like very. That's kind of how they just think about it. So do you want a blonde wort, an amber wort? <laughs> that that fits. Absolutely, yeah. especially with all the the
3: categories and things and the BJCP guidelines yeah. and all uh, that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't think, I, I don't think Danny like ascribes ascri- <laughs> ascri- ascri- <laughs> to fitting into BJCP guidelines, but
1: it's okay. <laughs> Again, Danny's Willy Wonka. So we got his blonde wort. That you then hop stand with lotus uh, lotus hops, and the uh, the peppercorns again were uh, what kind? Uh, they're ca- so they're called
2: uh, Andaliman pepper. A-N-D-A-L-I-M-A-N, andal... Well, kind of like Andy, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> see, know see, the good thing is my brain was wanting to say Andalusian, and I knew that was wrong. I mean, it's also a place, but... <laughs> No, it was wrong. Andalium and peppercorns, those go in the, in the, those went in the hop stand as well. So it's a hop and spice stand.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'd say if we were to break it down on like a homebrew scale, if you were doing a five gallon batch, it would probably be about six grams mm-hmm. of the and peppercorns. Um, but like put in like a coffee grinder. And the funny thing is Danny actually used the coffee grinder just like we do at home. So, <laughs> <laughs> but he had to run it through a lot of different cycles and Re- Renier um you know, so even though we couldn't be there for brew day, Renier delivered the hops to Danny. He was there for brew day, helped him grind the spices and he helped oversee the operation for, you know, for the brewery. These
3: are two OGs. These guys <laughs> are not, you know, Oh yeah. Not, not near the game. Nope. So it's very impressive. De- that definitely. That if, you were, if you were, if you
2: were ever that. in Bruges, lift piece is the best, like it's the best bar in the galaxy. It's like this, uh, 800-year-old cellar bar, um, and, you know, you can get Wes Fletcher in there. Um, but, like, Renier is just – he's friends with – like, Renier knew Danny, mm-hmm. so I, I reached out to Danny independently, but Renier knows all of the brewers out there.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that he's in Bruges, and it's, you know, one of the best places in Bruges because, I mean, Bruges is sort of a wash in good places to go have good beer, I think. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of nice. You, you, you wander around the whole Grand Place and you're in this sort of candy, candy cane storybook village and look, oh, hey, there's another place to go have a beer. Uh, like one of my favorites was, uh, Daguerre you know, and, and uh, good Lord, if you, if you don't know that the alley is there to go find Daguerre, you're not going to find it.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I mean, that's, uh, Things are hidden, you know, the, the streets. I mean, it's completely preserved. You feel like you're in the Middle Ages walking around
1: there. Yeah. yeah. So, again, Bruges, not only a good movie, also a great place to visit. <laughs> and, and,
2: and the thing is, there's there's young people hanging out, and they're not all just drinking hazy IPAs. There's like, you know, it's uh, the beer culture is strong. You walk around, at, you even walk around at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, you see just old ladies, like, you know, getting swilled on some, uh, you know, uh, some doubles and you know, and, and things like that. So it's a uh, wonderful, wonderful city. And and really, thanks again to Renier for just hooking all of this up and making it happen. I I would have never been homebrewing if it weren't for you, and this beer wouldn't have happened if, if Renier didn't didn't get us out there and receive the 25 pounds of hops, get them through <laughs> customs for us, get them to Danny. The, I, I guess and here's the thing: if you ever want to mail. 25 pounds of hops to Belgium, it may not be the easiest thing to do. For all of you out there wondering. Yeah. Okay. It, 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 uh, first of all, they want to get their duty on it, but then also when they're as high in terpenes as these lotus hops are, they're
1: kind of dank, you got to be a little careful. Yeah, you, I mean, look, let's face it. You just need to keep putting warning stickers on the outside of the package. Definitely not marijuana. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that helps the customs officials, no problem absolutely <laughs> um so okay you guys you said what you were there at the end of September right
3: yeah Last per- year.
1: correct yeah, yeah. and so believe it or not. W- when when was the the beer itself actually brewed
2: in, in, December, in December right September. like so, so it's, it still took some time I think the hops got through customs not too long after we visited um, but then you know I mean Dan, you know, Danny, it's a one-man operation. Right. He had some other things in the queue. He had to wait till his fermenters were free, right? So it finally got brewed in December. Um, and then right after it was brewed, then it
1: was like, okay, well, now how do we get some? <laughs> <Right>. well, <laughs> and, and, you know? Well, and I was going to say, I noticed on the label, it says here, uh, imported by uh, Lime Ventures in, in Concord, California. Which means that this bottle went from Belgium to Concord, California, back to New York area and Boston area, and then back to me here in California. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that it's exactly.
2: a, so it, it's an international Travels travel. Route. It's yeah.
1: <laughs> it, it's gone. It, it's gone more distance than I have in in the last decade. Um, <laughs> so now uh, again, this is what you know, Mayor's unusual meow. Because I, I, I gathered the sense that not only did uh, you guys spend a lot of time hanging out with the cats, but that Devin was also a big cat fan.
2: Huge, yeah.
1: Right. So there, there's a point in his favor. I I, I love people who love animals. Um, right. Yeah,
2: I mean, so the the end, you know, like so if you read the commercial description, it says so. It says that, um, right. The, the beer is brewed with and peppercorns, lotus hops, Devin's spirits, Devin's spirit, and Phantoms magic. Take a sip, sing like a feline philosopher, and salute Devin. There you go. Um, and you know, a normal a person reading that are like, "What the hell is a is a feline philosopher?" That was Devin's cat Cor- Corbinian, named after a very strong beer, um, who who we would talk to when drinking, and he would give us um, very sound advice. Normally, if you asked Corbinian a question, he would reply and and tell you the answer is within.
1: It <laughs> beats my cat. She usually just meows me and goes, where's my food? Um, <coughs> although I love that cat. Um, so we get this brewed in December. You guys eventually do get it here. How long did it take from the brew day to when you guys had your first sip of it?
2: Yeah. So, um, I mean, here's the thing is if we were in Belgium, mm-hmm. Danny would have hooked us up. Right. And, and the real cost behind getting it is the shipping. So, mm-hmm. Um I would say it was ready sometime in January. Renier was kind enough and picked up a couple uh cases for us. Um it was it still took many many months for it to actually go through the normal channels, to go through Lime Ventures. Like mm-hmm. I think I think Lime had to wait until there was a full um what do
1: you call it? Like cargo vessel. Well, they need up. to get, they need to get a full cargo container.
2: It, yeah, and, and, and I mean, and that took time. So I, I think that commercially, it it didn't get here till like maybe May, right? So Renier hooked us up, and he mailed us some quote unquote yeast samples. Um, if you ever want to mail beer internationally. And
3: then Etre Gourmet.
2: Oh, yeah. And, and Etra Gourmet, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing my, my, how good my French is, but they're, they're a great, uh, retailer, um, out in Belgium that, that, uh, they actually ship internationally. So I think the first bottles we got was from Etra Gourmet, um, E-T-R-E. E-T-R-E, Um, but it was also being shipped to me in, in like February. So we had to worry about there being a deep freeze and all of that. And I, I was actually traveling then. So Andy got his first bottle before I did. Um, but then I'd say like the end of February was was, was when I was actually able to to, to start drinking it. Um, I, I also had Renier mail some bottles out to Japan. So, right, like this beer has been an absolute adventure. Right in terms of where it took us to brew it and then taking us around the world. So Devin's wife lives in Japan currently, and I flew out there in March. Um, getting the beer through Japanese Customs was also a little bit of a pain. I think half of them are still stuck with them, but we got the other half through. Um, we went to this fantastic beer bar there. They got a, a picture of Michael Jackson up, the beer hunter. As um, as should. and, 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 you know, I think that they called Popeye's beer club and it was just wonderful, you know, cause Devin had a big community out there and I got to share the, the first sip of it I had was with his wife, um, and, and friends out there. And it was just, you know, really like a special, special thing that we got to do.
1: There you go. And now, by the way, I have to laugh. We were talking about lime ventures, right? Uh, in Concord, California. Uh, Lime Ventures for all the homebrewers out there is located right around the corner from more Beer in Concord. Oh, so, really? Yeah. It's, it's one door over or or not one door, one driveway over, shall we say. So kind of appropriate that you got two big beer, uh, beer things right there. Well, and, and I can give more Beer a plug. I order most of my ingredients from them. They're awesome. So <laughs> now. Let me ask you all now that you've made this beer. And by the way, I, I I do want to say as I'm warming up from this beer now and and having a bit of a Phantom glow. Uh, one, I got uh, uh, I always say that when you buy a bottle of Phantom, you're kind of entering a little bit of the roulette uh, lottery. Sometimes you get a really great bottle, sometimes you get a really bad bottle, sometimes you just get a heath bottle. This is a really great bottle. Uh, really nice and lively. Again, this goes with Danny kind of being a homebrewer and kind of being a bit crazy and a uh, very sort of one man operation. Um, <clears throat> but one, uh, when I die, Lord willing, that's not for a good long while. Um, I hope that I have a couple of friends who are dedicated enough to do something this stupid because this is a wonderful tribute. Thank you. Um, and yeah, I mean again, I like I totally get, and it's it's a wonderful tribute to your to your buddy um also damn, that's really nice, so if I were to try and say to people, "Look, you want to go make this beer at home right we've We've got the two unusual ingredients that we already specified the the lotus hops and the and the peppers in there the and lemon peppers and lemon um, should just look at the label when I say that. Um, <laughs> if you guys were going to attempt to make your own version of this without being in Danny's Magical Wonderland, what would you recommend people to do?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I, obviously, like you'd miss out on some of like you know the horse blanket sorts of stuff, but I think you could make a really nice, easy rendition of it if you got the like Omega Sezenstein's Monster Yeast, although it's a bit more like the Dupont strain, but very easy. You don't have to worry about infecting your equipment, um, right? So I, I think that
3: also you can go at a higher temperature, which is an Achilles heel for a lot of home brewers because temperature control during fermentation, I mean, really makes makes a huge difference. And brewing something like a saison is it's a
2: bit more forgiving, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'd say you know, saisons are very dry, right? And, oh, yeah. and I don't, know, I don't want to get like Danny in trouble with uh, you know any of the <laughs> authorities or anything like that. But uh, basically, when we made this label, I just assumed because he said the blonde beer. I'm like, all right, well the regular Phantom saison's eight percent. I said, Jason, throw that in the label. So I'm assuming that's what it is. Um, yeah, you could use a it- pills
3: yeah malt, the lotus hops, maybe throw something like well, a, a.
1: There's thicker, something. There's something with a little bit of color in here because it's. Yeah. It's more orange than blonde. Right.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not like I do know that that, and, and something that that I don't do on my setup is is, is we don't step mash, but Danny definitely. Oh, he does. definitely steps. Yeah, no, he does. He, yeah, he has. He has, but, but so I mean, for a home brewer, right? Like you could probably get away with like some pilsner malt. A li- maybe throw a li- like a little bit of white wheat in there mm-hmm. uh, to help with the head retention. And like Andy said, s- some sort of specialty, like nothing, nothing like a caramel malt, but maybe a little bit of victory, uh, a little bit of like Munich.
1: victory malt,
2: Munich, something
1: like that. Yeah. I was thinking like either like a biscuit or a aromatic or even one I've used to great effect, a Caribbean. Uh, yeah.
2: I, I, I think Caribbean.
1: some, some sort of, biscuity malt um you know, victory malt biscuit
2: malt would would work uh again i have no idea what he put in it because it was just his blonde beer but i can say that it's roughly six grams um you could even get away with coriander
3: instead of the and if you're just looking for something
1: well except for if you did just coriander then i think you'd miss out on some of the kind of the the oddity around the edges of the palate. So maybe if you're going to do coriander, do coriander with a little bit of Szechuan peppercorn. There you go.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I are you? So, so there's a great vendor. They're called Kalustians. Oh yeah,
1: oh, that's that's a great store. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, they're, and they're based in New York, so I had actually they're in like the Curry Hill area. Um, but I, I had actually ordered different lots of this Andaliman peppercorn, and the one that I got at Kalustians was was actually. More aromatic and better than some of the other ones. So check out Calusteans. Um, you can get the exact endoleman peppercorn that we used from them. Okay. Grind it in a coffee grinder, six grams. You want to throw it in at about 165 or 170. So after you're done with the boil. Um, with the lotus apps from more Cool it down. And then actually more beer is where we got the Lotus hops from, is, and we had them ship 25 pounds of it out to Belgium. So you can get the, the Lotus hops from more beer. Um, and I don't know, you would have to, to figure out what the equivalent would be for 1,400 liters. Danny would use half of them in the Whirlpool and then the other half uh, in the dry hop. But definitely make sure you throw those in at like 165, 170. I am not sure if any bittering hops were used in the beer. Uh, probably some...
1: Knowing, knowing Danny, that's pro- it's probably something old school, right? Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, Magnum would be my hop of choice, but that's just because I'm me and I'm lazy and I have a lot of Magnum.
2: <laughs> so, I mean, j- j- something I could also do, Drew, is, is I could put together like on BeerSmith or whatever. Yeah. Just like I could draft up. It's not going to be exact, but it'll it'll get you something in the same. Perfect, and, and
1: we'll make sure that gets included in the show notes too. Okay. Cool. Um Yeah, by the way, one, one of the great lost episodes of this uh, show, uh, lost because my recorder ran out of power and it didn't write to the disc when I was doing it. I did a, a Spice tour of New York with Mary Azette. And we. Oh,
2: we uh, okay, from Fifth Hammer.
1: Yep. And uh, yeah, we went to Collusions. We went to uh, Spice House. We went to, I think, ABC as well. And I just had like an hour of her and I talking, like picking out different things on this, on the shelves and going, well, Oh, Hey, you know, this is really kind of cool. The SAS for, uh, SAS for what would we use this for? And nope, that audio went bye-bye and people missed out on that. It was a fantastic oh, yeah. discussion.
2: Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, if you ever take a trip to New York again, yep. we, we, we could go and sniff a bunch of verbs together. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's legal now in New York. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hey, well, I know I live in California. Everything's legal here. Um, <laughs> but no, so yeah, let's get let's get a recipe together. We'll make sure it gets up on there. Now, I'm thinking you said okay. Danny's using three different dried yeasts as his primary driver. Um,
2: well, I, that's what he says. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah, a, he's yeah. Got a uh, going on too, but you know,
1: yeah. Uh, I've I've told people before that a lot of times if you're in Belgium, you kind of have to take what you get from the brewers there with a little bit of uh, you know salt just because uh, they don't always tell you completely everything um but i was gonna say if, if he's using three dried yeast a good place i think for people to start would probably be to like do uh, what uh the safel be 134 and was t78 is it or t58 uh and then also maybe like the Abbey yeast or something you know just to yeah, I like get all the get all the Belgians in there and and use those as as your That's your start. to to a, it's something you brought up in one of your
3: previous programs about pitching the dry yeast right into the wort and not mm-hmm. making a starter.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's the advice nowadays. So Drew,
2: um, so how how would this sound? Because you are like the aficionado, and I know you've done God knows how many different experiments on different kinds of saison yeasts. Mm-hmm. So. I was saying stays-in-scenes season Monster because I know it's easy and friendly to use. It's going to give you more of a Dupont thing than maybe what what the Phantom has. But I can at least put the grain bill together mm-hmm. close to what I think it is, and then the the hopping and spice regimen. But let's 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 have you suggest you know what, what we think the yeast should be, what
1: people should do. I think you're
2: you're, you're you're the guy for that.
1: I mean, I'm uh, I think it's a wonderful collaboration because I do think. I mean, look, no matter what we do, it's going to miss Danny's magic touch uh, and also probably some of the Brett. (laughs) Uh, I I occasionally – I know a place where I can get that Phantom Brett uh, periodically here in Orange County, but uh, my connection on that one largely dried up. But, no, I mean, uh, there's a Brett character always to Phantom, but I think we could – you could play around and do a couple different things with it in order to get there. But I like the combination here of those peppercorns up against the hops up against obviously what's happening with the yeast. Cause the yeast is throwing a lot of stuff in there. Um, it, now that you guys have had this, would you do anything different?
2: I don't think so. I, I mean, I think it really just, you know, like you said, it's, it's, uh, well not Russian roulette, but it's like playing roulette. When, when, when you buy a bottle of phantom, this couldn't have come out any better. Um, and we're you know we're absolutely thrilled with it um, so i i would I would leave it alone
1: there you go well I mean, I, I, <laughs> and i 've told people before that like in the past when I was first really studying saisons I think the one that blew my mind was one time I got a bottle of just the regular phantom you know bog standard phantom, nothing nothing weird added to it, and you poured it into the glass and it was so effervescent and crisp and dry and funky and fruity and spicy. And then you poured it in your mouth and the beard just sort of almost disappeared from all the foam, you know, just from the heat of your tongue. Uh,
2: Yeah. Well, so so I can tell you the first time I had Phantome God, I mean, it was, maybe it was like 2000, maybe 2002 or something like that. And I was in North Carolina at the time um, for the summer. And I guess they had a law there where beers couldn't be above seven percent, but there was a phantom that I got there. It was the first Phantom I ever had. Um, it was Drew. You're gonna have to help me pronounce it. You know the the Burgundian Babel Belt, BBB. Oh, yeah. Yep. BBB. Yep. Yeah, um, they had there was a beer that Danny had brewed with them. I, yeah, I guess he's been doing these collaborations for a very long time. It was called the BBB Burr. Yep. And I got a bottle of it and I drank it to my dome and it was a beautiful sunny day and I just remember walking around and it was like the happiest like buzz I've ever gotten off of a beer and it was delicious. But the way you you know you described the mouthfeel and all that it was just like that. And it was the fact that I got to meet Danny and the the beer that we, we brewed came out like on that level. It's just, you know, it's a home brewer's dream come true, and, and, and an ultimate tribute to Dev.
3: It is funny because people talk about intangibles and something about this yeast. they the way that it ferments, gives you that champagne-y sort mm-hmm. of bubbly, really fun, you know, happy sort of head-dancing kind of kind of buzz. So yeah, that's what we're
2: really happy about. It, it, it's, it's like, you, know. like when you watch like a cartoon. And this is like old cartoon, like Looney Tunes or whatever. And you see someone drinking beers, and then there's like these little like bubbles that you see form like above their head. That's that's how I feel when I drink a phantom.
1: There, <laughs> and I I totally agree with you. And by the way, thank you for reminding me about uh the Burgundian Babel Belt, uh, you know, BBB. And unfortunately, it looks like the entire thing has disappeared from the web, and it's been taken over by like somebody spamming people. Wow. Which is a shame because back in the day. That was such a resource for communication and knowledge and everything else. Uh, that makes me sad now. Well, yeah. I'll have a beer.
3: Forums. <laughs> Most of the forums have gone to the wayside. They,
1: they have, which is unfortunate. But, gentlemen, I have to say thank you so much for making sure that I got this into my hands. Uh, like I said, one the story of just taking a moonshot and asking somebody like Danny, hey, you want to do a collaboration? And then succeeding, because again, Danny is sort of an odd guy and absolutely lovely that way. Um, and the fact that it's such a wonderful and well thought out tribute uh, to your friend Devin, um, yeah, you should be you should be very happy with how the, all this turned out. And,
2: thank and you, thank you so much. And know, yeah, definitely along the way, and when we drink the beer and the whole process of making it we just felt Devin's spirit like we were hanging out and just having a good time, you know? Um, so it was really, really a great way to keep him, you know, him alive with us there. Yeah. Um, and, and,
3: and Gorf is open to uh, consultations from other, other breweries. If, <laughs> if you want to hit him up on Facebook, <laughs> <laughs> he'll be happy to collaborate with you on a recipe and, you know, I, I, give, I, I, give you some notoriety. Here, here's I'm another goofy pair. Of to, you know, I mean,
2: different, <laughs> Danny's insane. I'm a little insane, but you know, it, it can make good beer. And then, you know, this this time we got two crazy people. We got together. We made something good.
1: There you go. Perfect, gents. Um, all right. <clears throat> all right. Well, before I let you guys go, anything else that we should say? Um. Yeah.
2: I, I mean, I guess. Um. Our motto is that we brew, brew for, for the, the we brew for the band. <laughs> so brew what you want to brew. You know, BJCP guidelines, they're all good for you to learn, to get educated. But Brew for the band, what inspires you, and uh, maybe some magic can happen. Keep on keeping on. Yeah.
1: There you go. And with those words of advice, go and search out beer, go search out Phantom, and just go make sure you have a good time while you're here. Experiment. Exactly. Keep it
3: real.
2: There you go. All am. right. Awesome.
0: There you go, gentlemen. Perfect. Well, that was a a one-of-a-kind episode. Those guys lived their dream. So, thank you all for listening to Experimental Brewing. You can catch all of our latest adventures and writings by going to our website, which is experimentalbrew.com. Don't forget that you can follow us on Twitter, where we're at expbrewing. I guess it's X now, huh? It's something. <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah, right. If you're brave enough to go there, you know what it is. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Drew hangs out on the homebrewing subreddit and the Slack homebrewing channel. You can find me hanging around the AHA discussion forum. I'm on Facebook. I pop into a lot of different places around there. If you want to ask us a question or suggest topics, recipes, experiments, or just rant and rave, you can email us at podcast at experimentalbrew.com. Or if you want to get a hold of each of us individually, I'm Denny at ExperimentalBrew.com, and he's Drew at ExperimentalBrew.com. And we have a phone number you can use, too, 626-765-1AL. That's 626-765-1253. Send us a text. Leave us a voicemail. So until next time, remember to always brew experimentally. Or brew wacky. And we'll see you on the next episode of Experimental Brewing.